All right. Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm Sabrina Merchant. I am joined by Anthony Irwin. And the Lakers played four minutes of a game tonight. Is that about right, Anthony? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Jen sat down on the couch. And as she was sitting down, the Lakers trailed by 12. Mm -hmm. And then she sat down and finally started watching the game. And the Lakers climb up and take a lead. And so the moral of the story is that Jen needs to watch more Lakers basketball. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, honestly, I, everybody who are, who are listening, send your, your, your annoyance and your frustration, send it on Twitter. Jen's on Twitter at HM Fagan. Um, and, <laughs> and, and however angry you are about this game, make sure to, to, to at HM Fagan on Twitter and, and let her know. Well, it's funny because you and I had talked a little bit before the game and uh, you had said that you had planned on making some comments about Anthony Davis and for for about 44 minutes, you know, I think actually let's, let's say the whole game, yeah. there was not a lot to like about this Anthony Davis performance. And it kind of reminded me of, oh yeah, this is why Davis doesn't like playing center during the regular season because Embiid mm-hmm. is one of the guys you have to go up against <laughs> He's and like he very guy. much does not like going up against Joel Embiid. Uh, it's funny because like, I, I would have put Embiid and LeBron as like my two big MVP candidates coming into this game. And not that I think that like regular season games, like, you know, one matchup is like the way to decide these things, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a good data point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Embiid won his team mm-hmm. won. not, I don't know that he necessarily had a better game than LeBron James, but he definitely had a worthy game. That's like one that you could put into the resume when you're trying to decide MVP votes. But yeah, he, uh, was certainly better than Anthony Davis. That yeah, I mean, true. it was it was funny watching this one because Embiid is so big. Like it from from his rookie year to now, it's all it always jumps off the 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 screen at you how big he is compared to everybody else. Anthony Davis is not small. Like he's he's not he's not a small human being. If he was walking down the street, you'd say like, "Holy crap, that is a large human being." And there was a play at one point today. I think AD got fouled. Embiid didn't like the call. And it was one of those moments where Embiid is like walking one direction and, and, and AD is walking in the other direction. They kind of pass by each other and they're jawing. And as they're jawing at each other, they're face to face kind of passing, you know, ships passing in the night, but still face to face. And you could just see it. A- Embiid has like 30 pounds on, on <laughs> AD. He's just a giant person. And you know, when, when AD probably goes to coaches and goes to organizations and says, uh, I would prefer not to play the five his in, in that head air, air bubble above his head. Like if it was a comic strip would be a picture of Joel Embiid. Like that's the guy he doesn't want to face in those situations. And for good reason, man, it just looks, it looks like it sucks guarding him, not just from the physical pounding that it takes, but also because of all the, swing through stuff and the flopping uh no referee should ever fall for a Joel M- Embiid flop nobody in on other than LeBron and and only because Embiid is in the in the air and has no leverage no human being is capable of knocking Joel Embiid over mm-hmm. nobody the mountain uh Shaq like nobody alive right now could knock that guy over if he really wanted to stand his ground so so yeah future referees don't fall for that stuff. It kind of, kind of gummed up the game. Did you notice that? That like he was starting to, he started doing his flopping and then the Lakers saw, well, if they're rewarding him, we should start doing our flopping. And then you just had this kind of 
soccer game break out in the middle of this basketball game. And, and it kind of took away from what was otherwise a very well-played, really fun first half. And then that kind of became the theme of it. Anytime a team needed a bucket. I will say um, this is not to, you know, be anti-Laker or anything, but I thought some of the fouls that Embiid got called for were kind of ridiculous. Those moving screens. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the plays actually happened at the very end of the game, right? Like uh, uh, KCP's trying to fight through like a Embiid screen to like get to Tobias Harris, or was it Seth Curry? Mm-hmm. And like they called the foul. Use Harris. Yeah, and they actually called a foul on Harris. Was it a foul on Harris? I thought it was Embiid's fourth. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, either. Well, yeah, I think they called it on because they were going to challenge it, but once. They saw that it was on Harris. Oh, okay. Then it was like, uh, they, they decided not to, but anyway, but, um, yeah, not, not my favorite ref game of any, yeah. uh, it's just one of those reminders to me of how, uh, it's so much harder to get fouls called against you when you're a big guy and your game is in the post. Mm-hmm. Um, and Embiid has obviously found a way around that by, uh, his theatrics, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, and that's kind of the only way you can sell these things because, so much contact happens right around the rim that doesn't get called. And like, you can hear it because <laughs> like the, <laughs> the microphones are right at the mic. Mm-hmm. I mean, right at the rim, but uh, anyway, that's an entirely different street. I don't want to like go all Jeff and Gundy here and not get to the topic at hand, mm-hmm. but uh, lots, lots of different storylines other than Anthony Davis that I liked in this game. I'm going to start with, uh, I'm going to start with Danny Green because <laughs> Danny Green, you know, good. Uh, just a punching bag of sorts for many Laker fans over the course of his time in Los Angeles and just, you know, peaking with the shot that he missed that could have clinched the Lakers, the title. Uh, and then he gets traded, right. And he says all the right things about how Rob Palinka told me that they were looking for another playmaker. Like they made mm-hmm. it very clear that I might get traded. They, you know, even though they sent him to Oklahoma city, it was clear that he was going to be routed someplace that could use him. Like, I think this is a good situation for him. Everybody should be happy with how everything ended up right. Like he got his ring, the Lakers got Schroeder. And yet this was very clearly a game that Danny Green wanted to play well in mm-hmm. and that he uh, was guarding Dennis Schroeder for a large chunk of their minutes on the court. And that mm-hmm. was a matchup that he seemed to take great pride in. Um, I got to say Danny Green revenge game was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, I, it's funny when players try to play that off, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just another game, and I enjoyed my time there. Won a ring there, blah 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 blah. But, but yeah, you're absolutely right. There was, there was one three in particular that felt like a a particular fu. Like, had he had his phone on him, he would have <laughs> like bleep Lakers Twitter is is what he would have <laughs> tweeted. Like after he made it, it was like a the Sixers were on a run. And he dribbled the ball up the court and he pulled that three pointer at the top of the key. When Danny and, Green dribbles into a pull up, you know <laughs> something is up. Yeah, that was a like double middle fingers. If he could, his his like toe, his middle toe was up too on both feet, <laughs> just directed at at uh, Lakers Twitter or, or all the Lakers fans who gave him a hard time. So, so yeah, I, I uh, it was fun to watch that. I, I especially liked it. You pointed out the defensive side of things uh, because. I think initially he was a lot more about that matchup. Like he, he took it a lot more seriously. And I think it took a second for Schroeder to realize, Oh wait, now I see what's yeah. going on. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know Danny Green could move laterally like this anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but, but then Schroeder realized it and I think scored 16 second half points. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them 
you know, going just just finding, you know, Tobias Harris got a couple buckets and, and Green got a couple, uh, which I think, by the way, you know, this is obviously you prefer to, to, to win a game like this or, or all of the games. But uh, Schroeder getting it going a little bit and, and being aggressive and being productive in that aggression, I think, is a big note to make of this one. Yeah, absolutely, because the the Sixers are an interesting matchup in that they have like this has been a tough matchup for the Lakers for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Co- containing Ben Simmons is very difficult because you obviously don't want to use LeBron James on him like for the entire game in a regular season matchup. It's it's just hard for him to do, and Simmons likes to push the pace, and it's it's a tough guy to cover like at that size. And then you know so much of the Lakers' offense is directed towards the paint, and when you have Embiid there who's just clogging things up, it's just harder for LeBron and Anthony Davis to get going which is why it's nice to have a guy like Schroeder who has the speed, you know, to get past mm-hmm. these guys. And uh, I mean, I don't, I think the Lakers used him plenty. Like I, I wouldn't say that the reason they lost was because Schroeder didn't give them enough, right? Like, yeah, 16 yeah. points, four assists. Like that's a, it's a very solid Dennis Schroeder performance. I thought he was good in that closing. It's better than the most end. of the games he's been playing lately. I would agree. You um, can hit a three. Right. So that's exactly why you need a guy like Schroeder is to just get a little more pace into that half court offense that, I mean, I thought the Lakers had been playing with, but this was a weird game. And like, I guess most of their threes are created by kickouts and Mm -hmm. they weren't getting into the paint deep enough to create those kickouts. So like you saw that reflected in the fact that what Contavious Caldwell Pope only took two threes all game, Mm -hmm. which like, what the hell is that? Like (laughs) you should be getting a lot more open shots. I mean, only eight threes made total is just not the same Laker offense we've grown accustomed to. And a lot of that credit to the Philadelphia defense, but um, yeah, I mean, 24 threes for the Lakers this year is really, really low. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that is well below, especially given how well they've shot from the three point range. Even LeBron only shooting five of them uh, yeah. is, is interesting to me. I mean, look, I, I this is where you kind of have to credit uh, Philly's defenders. Like Matisse Thibel, I thought came in and really changed the complexion of the game defensively for them. Uh, I thought like you talked about uh, with, with, uh, Danny Green earlier. Ben Simmons is probably the best defensive point guard in the league. Mm-hmm. Although I wonder if they're they can't list him as a point guard this year with Seth Curry playing alongside. I guess him. Seth Curry's a two guard as well. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. It, it all I depends mean, on who Ben's guarding. Right. Like today he was guarding LeBron for a lot mm-hmm. of it. So I like to but, think of positions based on defensive matchups. But yeah, maybe LeBron's the point guard. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, and then and even Harris. Like I thought, I, I I liked some of what I saw from Harris defensively. I thought he's really improved on that end. Which is I, which is why, by the way, Philly, like they have a legitimate case now is the best team in the NBA. I think, mm-hmm. uh, knocking off the Lakers. I I thought coming into this one uh, that the Lakers had been kind of playing with fire, and I. This is one of those games, like this is the coach in me, kind of speaking. I would have been annoyed had the late, like happy, don't get me wrong, you sure. like winning, but kind of annoyed in the back of your mind that they win this one. Uh, just because like eventually you, you keep playing with fire, eventually you hope to get burned because that's how you learn some stuff. And like, for example, one of the things that I hope is learned from this is Alex Caruso can't play 16 minutes. <laughs> I what thought are we, we were going to get here? to that after the break, but you beat me to it. <laughs> All right. We can wait till the break. I, I like, I, I, I can't, I can't get over it, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and wait. All right. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. And then we'll talk about what I think is the major lesson from this game. And I'm sure you would agree. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that. All right. So the Lakers last 106, 107 to the Sixers Wednesday nights, uh, Alex Caruso, 
you might be surprised to learn had the best plus minus of any Laker. What? Anthony's face right now is saying he's not surprised. Oh, <laughs> huh? what? Like, I've never heard of this before. I like not ever in my life have I heard of Alex Caruso and good things happening while Alex Caruso is on a basketball court. I've, this is just completely uncharted territory for me. This is actually Frank Vogel. He actually is, is taking my place. He's sitting at the microphone. It's literally what he's going to say. after. I can't believe good things happen there. Okay. Dang. So let's, let's break this down, you know, big picture for a second. Uh, the yeah. Lakers have gotten in a rotational habit where Alex Caruso doesn't come in until about eight minutes left in the first half, which is insane. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's objectively insane. I don't even think it took that long for him to get in last year when I thought they had more guard depth with Bradley and Rondo mm -hmm. uh, also taking minutes and green, you know, also taking mm -hmm. minutes uh, at those two spots. And when he wasn't proven by the way, right <laughs> now, um, you know, Kuzma comes in first, like he's like the first sub in the first quarter when LeBron comes out and then they, they go to the lineup of meh, right. You know, the, the West yeah. Kuz, Trez, Keith, LeBron lineup, mm -hmm. which thankfully Trez's foul trouble got us out of today. <laughs> um, but even then Montrez goes to the bench and who comes in? Not, not Alex Caruso, Taylor Orton Tucker. <laughs> yeah. Lakers Twitter took over Frank Vogel for a second. They just like, like all of Lakers draft Twitter just took over Frank Vogel's body and his mind. And they brought in THT. Yeah. I mean, I, I love THT. I think he, that lineup definitely needs another playmaker. I also think mm -hmm. when you're playing arguably the best team in the Eastern conference, maybe the best team in the NBA, not the time to get your second year <laughs> player in the game. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would agree. I yeah. would agree. I, here's my thing. Because, so I don't want to be a hypocrite here uh, because I've said, like, this is one of the things that Lakers fans are just going to have to be patient with, right? Wesley Matthew minutes, like trying to find a place or a role to optimize Wesley Matthews, trying to place, uh, find, a, find a role to optimize even Dennis Ruder, uh, Montrezl Harrell, right? Markeith Morris. These are important rotational players. Uh, that it's going to take some time to figure out where, which combinations they work with, how many minutes that they can get alongside various players at different portions of the game. Like this is all a building process. And this is something that uh, I have to remind myself during the game. Right. Uh, all that said, no, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> like uh, with, with all of those disclaimers aside, Yes, you do have to find, figure those things out, but you also have to figure out some stuff with Caruso. Like you have to, you got to, we know that he works with LeBron, right? We, we know this, this is, he's, he's arguably, uh, well, objectively and statistically the most productive LeBron teammate in terms of net rating that, that he has had. Right. So he's we the know LeBron that that's James of playing with LeBron James he is yes. exactly. Yeah. Right. Except like if LeBron could somehow be better, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, but, but like, a, apart from that, like, what do Caruso and Davis minutes look like? What do uh, Caruso and KCP minutes look like? What do uh, Caruso and Mark Gasol minutes look like? Because, you know, he's this guy who, who does so many things around the court that make everybody better. So like, if you're looking for ways to, to optimize a lot of the guys around the roster, you would think you would want, Caruso on the court for as often as possible because he does kind of make people play uh, better. And then the other thing too, just in terms of like managing an NBA player and uh, you know, the way the business works, 
he's in a contract year. Like it, at some point it, it becomes irresponsible, you know, for, for this guy who, if he played enough minutes, we would be talking about a potential all NBA type defender, you know, and those kinds of contractual uh, bonuses and stuff that helps him, right? When he goes, when he goes into negotiations with various teams and he has all NBA defense in his back pocket, that allows him to get paid a little bit better. So, I, you know, beyond what he does to help the Lakers, the Lakers also, and Frank Vogel also kind of owe it to Caruso at some point to say like, yeah, we're going to, we'll, we'll throw you more of a bone. 16 minutes against like what, what feels like a, a finals matchup is, is, it's a real bummer, you know, cause we're walking away from this and I don't really have a full feel for how a series would go between these two teams, because in that series Caruso would be playing probably double those minutes. I would hope. Right. Right. And we've hit, you know, the, the quarter poll of the season, I think um, the Lakers just played their 19th game. So 18 would be 20% of the se- 25% of the season. Um, you'd think that's enough time to like get a good feel for, I'm not saying that like, you know, you've gotten a feel for every kind of lineup, but like, that's enough time to get a feel for this five man unit. So maybe we can try mm-hmm. a different five man unit because again, <laughs> We started we calling it the, the lineup, lineup of, of men <laughs> because it doesn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's sort of where I land in terms of where those Caruso minutes have to come from because the Trez Keefe combination is not mm-hmm. great. It's not mm-hmm. great. Uh, I firmly believe that establishing Wes Matthews is an important priority, even if it hasn't happened yet, just because you need that type of player mm-hmm. down the stretch, like uh, an almost wing size who can guard perimeter players and hit threes. Like, that archetype just has to be on the floor for you. Mm-hmm. So I think there has to be more of an investment in getting him ready. Mm-hmm. Trez and Keith, I'm not as certain that you need to establish them the same way that, you know, Vogel Would you be has fine been. with Keith being the 10th guy? Keith is the 10th guy, isn't he? Well, so I'm, I'm just saying like the 10th was... guy, yeah. Well, because, you know, there are some stretches where you can make the argument that Caruso is being treated like eight. It's true. You're right. Eight minutes into the eight minutes, eight minutes into the second or in, into the um, eight minutes left eight in the half. Yeah. In the, in the half. Like that's about when the 10th guy starts coming in. Yeah. So I would suggest that you take out one of Trezor Keefe in that lineup of meh and mm-hmm. put in Caruso. I don't really care which one it is. Honestly, um, I don't think I mean, like Keefe obviously provides a little more stretchability. Uh, I think he's maybe a better defender. I'm not sure actually, uh, mm-hmm. but Trez obviously provides different things in terms of his rebounding and his rolling. So, and I would like to see what Caruso could actually do as a pick and roll point guard, <laughs> you know, like what he could yeah. do with a guy like Montresor. I think that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's sort of where I land. I mean, I know that there are legitimate arguments to be had to just put Caruso in the starting lineup because mm-hmm. his fit that's where I'm sitting. alongside the rest of those guys is just tremendous. Right. Uh, and like Dennis Schroeder, you could argue that his utility is better served as a second unit playmaker. Um, even though I think he does have a really nice chemistry with LeBron and AD, like those back screens that he sets for AD in the corner, mm-hmm. like those are lovely. Like that's the set that the Lakers ran to get AD that what could have been the game winning shot, game you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's important that he plays minutes with LeBron and AD. Obviously, I think maybe you just give him that Rondo shift, right? Like where you bring him in six minutes into the first quarter. Uh, and then have him play with the rest of the starters, like minus LeBron, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even playing with Caruso a little bit, like in the second unit, but it's hard for me to imagine the Lakers and Frank Vogel switching from that starting lineup when it has been so effective. Yeah. Like it is a wonderful starting lineup in terms mm-hmm. of that net rating. And it looks good too. It's not even just like the numbers bearing out. It's 
eye test wise, like that's a fun lineup, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I think it's far more realistic to say like, okay, Caruso just has to be starting the second quarters, right? Like he has to be in that ridiculous lineup that keeps getting minutes um, and just actually give him a chance to do something other than mm-hmm. like, like you said, 16 minutes. Like, what is that? <laughs> 16 minutes. So we sound like that Houston Rockets podcast, 16 minutes, <laughs> 16 points. <laughs> so other guys who got, um, 16 ish minutes, right? So Kuzma only plays 16 minutes. That's kind of interesting to me. Harold only plays 15. So basically the starters lodged big minutes in this one. Mm-hmm. KCP 27, Schroeder 29, Gasol 24, LeBron 39, 80, 35, so that leaves Keith playing 13, Kuzma playing 16, Harold playing 15, Matthews playing 20. Ugh. I don't even notice Wes Matthews minutes at this point. I got to tell you. Yeah. And then what is and he then doing Caruso, on the floor? Caruso gets his 16 and, and THT gets his seven. And like, look, I, I'm not saying that Vogel has an easy job here. Like this no. is it's, it's difficult when you have such a deep team to find minutes for everybody, but we keep finding all of these reasons. Like I kind of look at it as, in the same way that we look at uh, LeBron MVPs, right? Where, or even Shaq MVPs back in the day, where you look for reasons not to give LeBron an award, right? And you look for reasons to go elsewhere with your vote. And you, and same thing with Shaq. It was like, he was so physically dominant that you looked, you talked yourself into Allen Iverson when, when, come on, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it works in basketball. And, and, and I think with Caruso, we keep, you know, we keep trying to find reasons to uh, talk ourselves into whatever it is Vogel is trying to do out there. And I think at some point you just got to kind of say, no, you know what? You, you can make the argument just in terms of, of what he brings to the table. Caruso is like the third or fourth, fourth best player. I, I was going to say fourth or fifth. So I'm glad you're, you, you're in that range. <laughs> yeah. So, so if he's, if he's like, if he's, if he's good enough to be amongst, you know, the top half of your rotation, then he needs top half of your rotation type minutes. And, and again, you know, beyond all the basketball reasons, if the point here is to hopefully keep him happy and keep him in LA, which I hope it is right. I, I really hope it is. Uh, then, then, I probably wouldn't piss the guy off in his contract <laughs> here. I just, just a little, and I'm not even saying like go out there and play him 35 minutes. There is a legitimate case to be made that Caruso at longer minutes doesn't play, you know, literally can't keep up the pace that he plays in his 20, 25 minute or 25 ish minutes. But we Fine. don't know that because we've we just, never tried it. <laughs> we've never seen it. <laughs> and, and, and we always talk about like team politics, this and team politics, that, and, and yeah, it, you know, it, at the end of the day, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Caruso, start, demand a trade, do something, tweet out, like tweet out some, some cryptic tweet with, with weird emojis. Fitting out or fitting in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Take a picture of yourself in, in a mirror or something so that like we can start talking about writing columns about whether or not he's happy. Um, and, and, and like, that's, what's frustrating. He's, he's such a good teammate that he would never do that, but at some point, you know, something needs to change here to get Vogel's attention to the fact that he is playing this guy so little. And like, I don't know. I'm wondering if, if people are going to ask him about it. You don't normally ask the coach about minutes after a loss uh, because they aren't, they aren't going to answer that kind of a question. And if they, yeah, do, I had a answer, similar situation with Tyler yesterday, <laughs> yeah, they usually aren't going to give you a very good answer. If you're going to, if you're going to ask it, but we are reaching a point here, right? where 
you do kind of have to wonder if he's going to get asked about it. If, if Vogel is going to get asked about, Hey, like what's going on with Caruso's minutes, this guy, you started him in your biggest game of the season last year. Everybody who has paid any attention to the Lakers knows how valuable this guy is to winning. And yet here we still are for some reason. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm just confused. I'm really glad you brought up the contract situation because the Lakers are, you know, facing a point this offseason where Caruso and Schroeder are both going to mm-hmm. be unrestricted free agents, and then THT is going to be a restricted free agent. And theoretically, the Lakers could pay them all whatever mm-hmm. they wanted. Um, I think there might be some caveat with Caruso's like bird rights or something because he's only been in the league for however many years, but he could he's going to get a contract that like is perfectly fine for his value <laughs> from the Lakers. But it. I mean, at, at a certain point, like, yes, the Lakers could theoretically just pay them whatever they wanted, but, and yes, the Lakers make a lot of money, but I don't see them, you know, just throwing out mm-hmm. these exorbitant contracts. And they've obviously made Schroeder something of a priority, right? Like they put him in the starting lineup. We've already heard discussions about an extension. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the extension hasn't happened yet makes it clear that Schroeder wants even more money that they're probably going to give him in March when that figure goes up and he's allowed to get more money in an extension. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with THG, but he's a clutch guy. And that mm-hmm. probably means something to the Lakers. You know, yep. I don't even know why I'm saying probably that means something to the Lakers. <laughs> know it does. Yeah. Uh, and it seems silly to me to think that Caruso, I think is clearly the most valuable of the three, especially when you're trying to win championships with LeBron James right now. Mm-hmm. And he might be the one squeezed. Like I cannot believe that Taylor and Tucker was getting minutes before Alex Caruso in this game. Like that is mind boggling to me. Like, okay, you do that against Chicago when Mm -hmm. he's going back to his hometown. And like, you've actually told Keith ahead of time, like, we're just going to change the rotation up a little bit, whatever. That's fine. Like it's against the bulls. You're up, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 in the first half. That's a different situation. This is a game you're you're trying to win against a championship contender. And the guy that makes winning plays is not on the court for you. It's mind boggling to me. And it was basically as soon as he came in, they went on the, they went on that 13 0 run. <laughs> like everybody on Twitter is sitting there like, we know, Frank. We all saw it coming. <laughs> I mean, I guess it helps that, like, you know how you have the 80 at the five lineup at that point, too. You know, like there yeah. are other factors here. But... Sure. None bigger than Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I my last thing on this is 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 like we keep it's it's always about team politics and it's always about this and it's always about that and and um you know the 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 point that keeps getting brought up is you know like Schroeder for some reason has more political sway because of NBA resume right how it's much a good more player resume? this is not to denigrate Dennis Schroeder like it isn't it isn't good player but provides also, a role for the Lakers yeah we're also talking about somebody who the Lakers identified like you don't start Alex Caruso if you don't know that it's winning time. You know, when it came time to win a championship, the Lakers said, all right, this guy's in our starting lineup. So that means they've identified his value here. And if you've identified his value here, then <laughs> go to it as often as you possibly can. Like I, I don't know of very many other teams out there who know they have, you know, the fourth or fifth most valuable player on their team and like, just don't play him. 
Like, I, like I don't, I've never heard of it. I've never, you know, I've, I've, I've never heard of, of a team identifying how valuable a guy is. And then just like, eh, you know, we'll go there if we have to. It's like vegetables. He's the team's vegetables. I know I have to eat a salad every so often. I know I feel better after I eat a salad instead of going to in and out. But for whatever reason, because I have terrible like physical habits, I go to in and out more often than I eat a salad. The difference is I'm a moron and <laughs> Frank Vogel is a very good NBA coach. Yeah. I mean, I think it's clear, you know, Alex Caruso provides something that nobody else on this team does and he does it consistently. Mm-hmm. And every time he's on the court, good things happen and it shouldn't come as a surprise. It's like right when he steps onto the yeah. court too. It so makes it so much more. It's like yeah. as soon as he steps yeah. on, it's like, and like, I, oh, I, I blame him 0% for Tobias Harris hitting that game winner because it was a good, like, it was a good play call. Doc knew we were going to switch. Uh, they, you know, couldn't bring extra help because Seth and Danny Green were in the corners. Like it's good play design. Mm-hmm. You got a good shot, whatever. Um, that's not Caruso's fault. He was just <laughs> executing the system. It's fine. He was right there. He was, you know, Caruso. He's just a little bit shorter than Tobias. It's fine. Well, um, Harris is like a, what, what's he making right now? 20 mil? Oh, He's, that's an understatement, my guy. He signed like a five-year, $160 million contract. Yeah. Like he's getting so, 30 plus, yeah. So the $30 million player rose up and took a really good shot. Yep, you know? over a $2.5 million player on the Lakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a value. What a freaking yep. value. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to say about this game? Or do you want to talk just a smidge about Detroit tomorrow? Um. Detroit sucks. There's my, <laughs> there's my preview. I am but, impressed but, that LeBron James played 39 games on the front end, 39 minutes on the front end of a back-to-back. I thought mm-hmm. that we were crawling in the towel when he went to the bench with four yeah. minutes left. No, then he came right back because Alex was there and I was like, oh, winning time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to say, so the Lakers have basic, basically been closing games, especially close ones that they want to win with uh, Caruso, Schroeder, AD, LeBron, and KCP. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, obviously there have only been a handful of those kinds of games, so you can only get the reps that you have presented to you. But I would hope at some point here that we see Kuz in that lineup uh, just to see what it looks like. I think he's done enough, like, small things, and he's defended well enough to where I would like to see what that looks like. So, like, for example, on that play, do I think Kuz uh, plays, you know, stops Tobias Harris? No. You know, well, I mean, it was because little... Caruso was guarding Curry and they got the switch, right? Right. Yeah. But, but regardless, like, it's just uh, the way I kind of look at it is like I, you got to reward Kuzma has, has I, I've really enjoyed the way he's approached this season, um, you know, really focusing on offensive boards, defending weak side shot blocking and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think at some point you got to reward him uh, with some of these clutch minutes, you know, and, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully – we the, the Lakers play enough close games to where they can tweak this and, and see what that looks like. But uh, I, I would like to see Kuz in that lineup. In people are gonna Harrison's already started this thing on Twitter where I now hate uh, Schroeder the way I hate Rondo. Oh, he gives I, me grief about it too. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> I I promise you the only the thing is like he's sitting opposite Caruso, so obviously I'm gonna. Like whoever isn't Caruso in the point guard rotation, it, I'm I'm going to sound like I don't like that guy. But, um, but with Kuz, I would like to see uh, Caruso, KCP, Kuz, LeBron, and AD 
out there to, to finish just cause I, I think at the end of the season, that's going to wind up being their best lineup. I, I, I think that has the most to offer where, where you're optimizing everybody's skill set. Yeah. So I'm looking at the uh, NBA clutch stats page right now and Kuzma has played the sixth most clutch minutes on the Lakers behind Schroeder, LeBron, AD, Wes, and KCP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I got another name missing from that list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Weird. I do think that actually Frank has done a, a decent job of uh, mixing that up. Like we saw, it was like uh, against San Antonio, Marcus Hall got those closing minutes, you know, against LaMarcus and uh, Montrez got some clutch minutes against Portland. Mm-hmm. Um I think Kuzma's been in there. I just can't remember off the top of my head like when it actually happened, but it's just you're right. Tough. I'm all about like diversifying and seeing what works. Like there's no need to stick to a pattern this yeah. early in the season because like there there are combinations that we know are going to work, right? Like there are enough players from last year's team that we can put together a five-man lineup with four guys from last year's team and one new guy and that's that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it only makes sense to just try to experiment a little bit which i i think frank has been doing uh, not so much during the first 40 minutes of the game but the last few minutes there has been at least some variation yeah it's it's tough you know because the lakers i think to this point have led by 15 or more more than like all but all but like three two or three teams in the nba so there just hasn't been very much you know clutch minutes that the lakers have played so far mm-hmm. this year uh, so it's tough, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult at this stage of the season. I would just, that to just, me is the lineup that makes the most sense. It just does. Like, that's just the group that, you know, Caruso plays well with LeBron. Uh, AD at the five is going to be where the Lakers are going to be at their best. Kuzma shooting 40-ish percent from three-point range this year. KCP shooting around that range too. It's going to space the floor and all of those things. Like that to me seems like the most sensible lineup. And I feel like I haven't seen it enough this year i'm just laughing because i sorted the clutch minutes uh by plus minus and caruso is plus 21 in seven minutes <laughs> i mean i know that like numbers should not dictate all of your decision making when but... they're really loud though <laughs> like when, when a number is literally screaming at you the number is like hurling itself so avery has this habit um every so often around like three o'clock or so it's like far enough after lunch to where I'm kind of sleepy or whatever. So I'll put on a movie and I'll kind of, my head will hit the pillow and I'll, and I'll fall asleep a bit. And and Avery will see that. Right. And she'll run over and she has this turtle that I I'm, it's tough. It's a, it's, it's about the size of like a, a a sauce, you know, little, little pan. Yeah. Yeah. Saucer. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So it's about the size of a little saucer and it's a really loud little turtle when it hits you in the face because you, your <laughs> eyes, your eyes closed and your daughter noticed it. And that's like what the, what the numbers are doing at us with Caruso. They're just like running. They, they see us sleeping a little bit and then wham, here's a little turtle number at your face. Yeah. Parent fatherhood is the best. It's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> is this like a stuffed turtle or like, no, a- it's plastic. Oh, it's plastic. I'll, I'll show it okay. to you next night before when we, when we log off here, I'll show it to you. It's just like, it's the size of my hand and, and it's she just like smacks you in the face with it. She yeah. just runs over and whoosh. Well, I guess it's yeah. not your nap time then. Yeah. So it isn't, it isn't, yeah. it's not hers or mine. Nobody is allowed to nap at three o'clock in the Irwin household. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
Yeah. Other than that, I, I don't really have much to say about this Philly game. Like I mentioned it earlier. I, I think, you know, larger wings tend to give the Lakers some difficulty, uh, obviously until LeBron takes the matchup seriously and chooses to defend the guy for the entirety of the game, which will not happen during the regular season. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see how we look against Boston who presents a similar challenge with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. That should be a fun one on Saturday. Of course, in the middle of that, uh, the Lakers do play Detroit tomorrow. Uh, like, like you, I, I literally have nothing to say about this. Um, Jeremy Grant is fun. I like Jeremy Grant. Maybe yeah. Blake Griffin will get his first dunk of the season against the Lakers. Uh, poor Who? Blake is really, uh, really falling off the face of the earth. What? Yeah. Blake Griffin hasn't dunked yet? Not once. Man, now I feel ancient. <laughs> Late, somebody needs to sign Mozgov so he can, like, remind Blake Griffin <laughs> what he was once capable of. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, the, the Lakers fall to 14 and five. They now have the second best record in the Western Conference behind the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Fun times for former Laker Jordan Clarkson, really. Sixth <laughs> man of the year campaign happening over there in Utah. She's, I'm digging it. Shouts to Jordan. Yeah. He like, Jordan does Clarkson. not look like a Utah Jazz player at all. Hey, he chose to resign there. My yeah. guy is deliberately staying with the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> good for him. Good for him. And good for the Sixers. You know, uh, it was fun watching the Lakers put together three in minutes and six seconds of inspired basketball. It really almost saved the night for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to add here before we get out, Anthony? No, no, I think that'll do it for me. Yeah. So uh, consider this our petition to get Alex Caruso more minutes. Please, 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 please make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your shows. And we will talk to you soon. Yeah, 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 yeah,